to always get the latest Game Tea, do not forget to follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at The Game Tea Podcast, and you can find us on Twitter at Game Tea Podcast X. We post memes, gaming news, retweet friends of the pod, and of course, let you know when new episodes are available for your listening pleasure. Links are all available in the description of this episode, so check them out after the show, and thank you so much for listening to The Game Tea Podcast. Everybody and welcome to another episode of the Game Tea Podcast. My name is JP. I'm Zach, and I'm Zar. <laughs> I just realized something. Like we're the original three members of this podcast. Why? Why are we always struggling for Peach's lines? We can just do what we literally did for a year. Because even when Peaches wasn't a part of the podcast, he was still causing problems. True. Isn't that the truth? (laughs) (laughs) That is so true. (laughs) Good point, Czar. Yeah, Scott Pilgrim my ass. Like, fuck. (laughs) You're still salty about the Scott Pilgrim debacle. We even had an episode titled, We're Sorry, Peaches. I stand by what I said. I think Scott Pilgrim is extremely overrated. Oh, careful. You're going to anger him. (laughs) (laughs) I can already hear him typing in the script. I don't have enough money to fix another broken window. (laughs) Whoops. JP, what's on the itinerary for today? I'm glad you asked, Zach. So today, we only honestly have one thing to talk about, and it is Gamescom. Woo! Woo! Indeed. It's pretty much already come and passed, but uh, we're going to go over a lot of the details of it. And that's basically it. We're going to go into some quick takes and game releases after that. But we've got a pretty astute, sharp episode today. Yeah. Yeah. With any one of these episodes, it always starts off with a few questions before we get into the meat and potatoes, right? So, Zach, what is Gamescom? Gamescom is a yearly, and I feel like it's almost bi-yearly at this point, game show uh, where they tell you about a bunch of games i honestly in the hustle and bustle of my fall schedule totally forgot this was a thing and so this was the happiest accident of my life (laughs) (laughs) what about me i was an accident okay well one of my happiest accidents then (laughs) not always competition jp (laughs) weird flex but okay (laughs) (laughs) um and so what do you know was it tuesday and wednesday i'm like what's all this news i'm like oh my god it's a gamescom it is and so now we got a lot of stuff to dissect. You know what's funny? We actually are going to talk Xbox with Zar here. Like, what are the chances? <gasps> no way. Oh my God, Zar's here to talk Xbox? No. This is the first time this has ever happened. <laughs> Every t- It's true. Every time we actually have, like, good Xbox news, like, you got something going on. You get to actually talk Xbox today. Bad Xbox news, he's always here. But good Xbox news. Yeah, I'm like that one football fan who's, you know, never invited to parties because if they show up, the team will lose. (laughs) So if I don't show up, Xbox just does something cool. Yeah, yeah. So one last question, really, before we get into this, uh, Zach. So tell me, what separates Gamescom from like other big conventions like, say, E3 or Summer Game Fest or anything like that? It's like E3 but it's not here yeah it's europe's e3 it's kind of how it is um okay and so i uh ign no sorry not ign e3 takes place in california whereas gamescom takes place um in germany cologne germany and i'm i I don't want to keep trying german words i'm gonna fail but that's where it takes place i'm pretty sure you had that right i'm pretty sure it's cologne yeah um it takes place just yearly i don't know why i said bi-yearly i just feel like there's a lot of talk about Gamescom, too, just like there is with E3. And so it took place August 25th through 27th this year. So we're ready to talk about it. That's something that I've really learned. I don't know about you guys since we've started this podcast and really getting into gaming news is just how many other like supplemental gaming events there are. Like, you know, of course, we all know about the big ones. We know about E3, but like learning more about Summer Game Fest from a few months ago and now Gamescom, I didn't realize 
how many other different ways there were to get the biggest gaming news. And I love how it all can kind of overlap with content that they cover, but how diverse it can honestly be. Because just looking down the list and already kind of reviewing what we're talking about today, Gamescom gave us a ton of incredible things to be excited for that maybe we haven't really heard a lot about yet. So I'm extremely excited to talk about this. What do you guys think? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we got to hand it off to Star because we're going first in with Halo, right? Ooh, yeah. And just a quick summation to kind of give credit where credit's due. I got most of my tidbits um, from IGN, who got it from watching it. Um, so definitely, if you are a person who likes to see everything in a nice area, check out IGN.com slash article slash Gamescom 2021 schedule and announcements. We'll have all the videos of all the things that we're talking about today. Um, and so, yeah, with that, Halo and Czar, let's see it, baby. Well, we got a release date for Halo, so that's good. It is alleged to come out on December 8th. That's good indeed. They just made it. Yeah. Yeah. Just barely into the end of this year. Through Gamescom, they actually released a new multiplayer trailer that is focused on Commander Lorette Agrina. Sure. Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> this commander is going to be one of the main characters featured in the first season of Halo Infinite's multiplayer. And that's not all. They also announced a special edition controller and console, but it's already sold out Ooh. and is currently being scalped. So, yeah, of course it is. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> We're never going to get anything good. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, yeah. I wanted it. It's like galaxy themed. If I was going to get an Xbox, I want to, or if I was going to get a Series X, it would have been this one, but I guess I don't need to now because it's sold out. I'm not paying a thousand bucks for an Xbox. Woo! What about you, Zar? It does look really, really cool. Um, if you wait, you can go on to Microsoft Rewards Program. I'm sure they'll have a sweepstakes for like five of these consoles or something. It's pretty cool. Um, other than that, I really, I didn't see too much interesting about Halo. They really focused on the multiplayer. And as most of us know, I don't play nice well with others. And so I'm just more focused on the story. But the multiplayer did look really cool. There's going to be a lot of really Dude. cool new aspects and returning familiar aspects from the Halo franchise coming back to Infinite. I don't know, dude. When I saw Master Chief like drop in that pod out of the sky and just like look at this person in the red sweater or whatever the heck is going on here. First of all, it looks awesome, but I don't know. That kind of reinvigorated a little bit of that lost hype that I've had for Halo. I think this is going to be pretty stellar. This is kind of making me sing a new tune. We already got hyped for the drop pods with ODST, otherwise known as the Orbital Shock Drop Troopers. Not wrong, <laughs> but still. But no, you're right. It is cool. I, I am very excited for Halo, um, certain aspects of it. Any new information on this game that we receive is just kind of icing on the cake and hopefully we'll actually hit that December 8th release date. Yeah. And I'm really excited with like how there's actually like story in these campaigns, I guess. Like I'm used to like when I heard Battle Pass originally and like multiplayer seasons, I was thinking, OK, cool. They might like flood the map one day or you know what I mean? Like. Like, yeah. it's just whatever. But like actually having a story that maybe makes it worth following along with, I think can really entice players to keep coming back to this game as the story is updated time and time again, because um, the Halo lore is deep and people love that shit. So it is true. It is true. So last thing with Halo, how do you guys feel about that December 8th release date of 2021? I was shocked. I've been hurt before. Yeah, yeah. I've been hurt before. <laughs> I just hope it comes uh, out as a non-buggy mess. That's all I hope. Right, Cyberpunk? I mean, Halo? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, other than that, I'm really excited to have, like, tangible Halo news. It feels like every time we get it, it's one step forward and two steps back. But I feel like this is finally the trailer that put Halo in a really interesting spot. Yeah, they finally caught a little foothold there. It, yeah, exactly. I feel like they're in a a lot more solid of a place right now, right? Like they're not climbing the mountain and like loosing rocks up anymore. They're like on solid ground now. I'm very excited. Zach, I know you were extremely excited for this next announcement. What do we have for Elden Ring? 
Yeah, so IGN kind of got like a 15 minute hands off preview, which means they didn't really see any or they can't disclose if they did see any new um, features in that Elden Ring preview that they got. But they got to talk with Miyazaki um, and learn a few more things. So one thing that they learned is the new summoning mechanic that like kind of like is the co-op, I assume, or it's not like summoning ethereal enemies and things won't actually make the game easier, which sounds very part of the course for these Dark Souls styled games. Um, In-game text is not being written by George R.R. Martin, it is being written by Miyazaki. So I see this as more of like a Miyazaki still has full control over it, but George R.R. Martin is kind of like an extra producer to make sure it's fire, if you will. Now, on the off chance somebody doesn't know who George R.R. Martin is, what huge series was he responsible for? The pizzas are coming! (laughs) He was responsible for all the good parts of Game of Thrones. So, pretty much everything that you liked about Game of Thrones, he wrote. And then the last two seasons where they had to go freeball, he did not write. Um, And so, yeah, if you liked the first six seasons of Game of Thrones... This is your, this might be your cup of tea as far as story goes. Mm-hmm. And speaking of which, I know we got the more news, but Elden Ring honestly has not been on the forefront for a lot of people who are interested in these gaming events. Tell us just a little bit more about the game itself, Zach, because I know you're super excited about it. So what makes you excited about it? Okay, so like I said, I got pushed, dared into the Dark Souls universe. And so Elden Ring is kind of like a Dark Souls successor in the fact that it's just Dark Souls, but I feel it feels like everything's been taken up to 11. Um, Dark Souls has always been chastised for its difficulty, and it's got a very passionate community of saying that difficulty is actually the learning curve for the game, and it's what makes the game unique and fun. Like, when you die in Dark Souls, there are, in my opinion, at least in the original Dark Souls and Demon Souls, there's a few cheap kills, but for the most part, you're, you can learn it, and they have predictable AI, and you can figure out what to do. Um, but it it does not hold your hand and it lets you die. And that's kind of where it got its name Dark Souls from. Um, and so with that, uh, there's a big focus on boss fights. But with Elden Ring, they've kind of made it so it's a big focus on the world. But there's also still that Dark Souls boss fights. There's mounts now, which there weren't ever mounts in the original. And it just feels like Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones fused with that Dark Souls thing that we already love. I think this has a chance to be a game of the year contender contender for sure. Um, Ooh. Yeah. That's a pretty bold claim. Yeah. I mean, Dark Souls is always up for game of the year, isn't it? Like, it's got a pretty passionate fan base. They're beautiful looking games. You just have to be able to put up with some dying. I mean, and now, yeah. And now they fixed the part where the story was kind of obtuse, or at least... It's going to be less obtuse, I imagine, in this game. I guess we'll wait and find out (laughs) until the reviews come, um, because they still mentioned (laughs) that lore will be discovered by interacting with NPCs. Um, So get used to that (laughs) at the end of every laugh, because that's important lore bits. Incredible. All right. So the next big thing that we've got and I'm going to take it if I don't mind because I know you guys are moderate Marvel fans I uh, maybe not even Zar Zar you see for life I was going to say yeah I was going to say Zar is definitely DC Batman look Batman's great I love here's the thing about DC I love their superheroes their movies are booty cakes yeah but DC's got the better villains you know what you are 100% right DC does have villains on lockdown I, I'll give you that but here Here's the point. (laughs) One of the big announcements we got was Marvel's Midnight Suns, which is a new strategy game that's set to release in March of 2022. Now, this is exciting for a couple of reasons for me. I absolutely love the Marvel Universe, which is why when Marvel's Avengers came out last year, I was so incredibly disappointed that it did not hit the chord with fans that they meant it to. In fact, let's be honest, it was just a pretty poorly made game. And of course, that shouldn't be surprising considering we all know the studio that made that. Let's say it in tandem. All right, good job, class. (laughs) This is... (laughs) It was EA. It was an EA make, so of course it wasn't good. All right? But with this new strategy game, 
they're offering a lot of what I was initially excited about oh, with Marvel's EA. Avengers. <laughs> Thanks, Zach. I got your back, buddy. All right, sorry. Keep going. I, I. What's funny is I finally understand through my new job the frustrations of being a teacher. Sometimes when you just you ask a question and it's just like blank faces. One kid's picking his nose. It's me. I'm that kid. But still. <laughs> All right. So anyway. Marvel Midnight Sun strategy game from Fire Axis. It's going to be a lot like based on the XCOM franchise, except with the Marvel characters. And that means a couple of things. Number one, it's going to be new stories, but featuring a lot of the Marvel characters we love. Iron Man, Captain America, Captain Marvel. They're actually venturing into the X-Men series a little bit with characters like Wolverine and hopefully my girl Storm will be there. And, and... A huge feature, customizable superheroes. How amazing does that sound? What color are you going to dye your underwear? I'm excited to see where it goes. Maybe Zara can make Batman. Batman! Maybe <laughs> Batman! There's already a guy whose superpower is having lots of money. His name is Iron Man, so... <laughs> I don't really know how much more you can do with Batman. Fair. And apparently, I think what else is cool is the fact that, like, Marvel's franchise, obviously, like, the men and women who live in the Avengers universe always gets the spotlight when it comes to Marvel. Genuinely something that I'm excited about with this game is that they're using a lot of Marvel's other properties to try and make this game more interesting. Like I said, X-Men is one of those franchises that have been slept on with Marvel. Because even though Marvel movies are great, they've never quite gotten X-Men really down that well. And other individuals like, let's talk Ghost Rider, that's going to be awesome. So I'm just saying, there's a lot of potential here with this game. I think it's going to be a lot of cool. Is anybody sharing those sentiments, or am I just being a Marvel fanboy right now? Is Deadpool going to be there? Probably. <laughs> that is a really interesting question. There's going to because... be a gameplay trailer on September 1st, so we'll see. I'm not a big fan of like strategy stuff. Um, I really got to commit to it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Uh, so this didn't hook me right away, but it looks gorgeous. I know it'll be great. Um, yeah. I gotta say that I understand where you're coming from a little bit, because I'm not super into strategy games either. Um, the last one that I played that I guess you could call strategy would be Three Houses, uh, Fire Emblem, and that really kind of got me into it. Got me thinking maybe I can think of these games from a different angle. But yeah, I'm genuinely really excited. I love Marvel. I'm excited to see what they do with this. Um... But I got to say, it was almost overshadowed a little bit with this next piece of news we got about Saints Row. Zora, you want to talk about this one a little bit? Oh, I'm so excited. I have been a huge fan of Saints Row since the first one. And finally, they decided to reboot the series, not continue the Stillwater bullshit that turned into Johnny Gat straight out of hell. But they're actually kind of going back to their roots for a reboot on the PlayStation 5, PS4, Xbox Series, Xbox One, and PC. And it's going back to game Mm. warfare. So the three gangs, and I love how they started describing this, this trailer because it's just, you know, four friends who come together, build an inseparable bond, and just make a family to start a gang war. <laughs> naturally, <laughs> like, naturally, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just, and that's that's kind of what Saints Row is. That's what Saints Row has always been, that close family bond between these really unique and memorable characters. And, oh yeah, you're also trying to push drugs and murder a lot of people across a city that does not want to be held hostage. But, happy fun times. <laughs> um, so this game is set in the city of Santa... Iliso? Yeah, I think so. Aliso? I thought it was Ilo when they talked about it, but it's spelled I-L-E-S-O, and it is set in the American Southwest, so we're going to kind of get like a cyberpunk background. So you're going to have the city, and you can go out into the desert and do all the funky shit out there. Um, Basically, all you need to know about Saints Row is it is 
pretty much like Grand Theft Auto, but a little bit on the lighter side and very far over the top. It's a lot of fun. I'm excited. Yeah. I, lo- I love it. I think over the top is exactly the best way to put it. And I love things that are over the top because I'm over the top. I am extremely extra. So I'm all about this. Well, um, that's what I really am excited about this game because Saints Row moved after the third game to overly silly as opposed to over the top. And there's a big difference. Yeah, Saints Row 1 and 2 over the top style. I will be very happy Um, We'll get more information on this as the year comes around. It's not coming out until next year, so we don't have a ton of information. That is absolutely incredible. Yeah, I'm super excited about this in particular because I've never been that into any type of Saints Row game. I've known about Saints Row because obviously it's been around forever. This is one of the only times where I've been like super into the concept and I don't quite understand why it's now, but yeah, I'm really excited that you're excited that I'm excited. Zach, what do you think? Never really been my cup of tea. Like I've still never played GTA, but um, you've never played GTA. Correct. That's not surprising. No, but I feel like it's an experience that everybody should at least try because what a game. I mean, the only GTA that I've ever played was five and I think I played three hours and never touched it again. Ah, you boys, GTA San Andreas for the OG Xbox was something special. We got to boot that up one of these days. But that's a conversation for a different day. Saints Row looks outstanding. Zars, is there anything else you wanted to add before we head on to the next game? Uh, no, I kind of want to save all of my talk for Saints Row when we get some more information. So I'm just going to wait until I know for sure what's happening. All right, right on, right on. Well, that's perfectly okay. Because I've got another huge game coming up for you that I know you're excited about. But before that, we got a little bit of news about a game that Zach and I are extremely excited about. So, Zach, what do we know now about Horizon Zero Dawn Forbidden West? We finally have a concrete release date is coming out on February 18th, 2022. Super exciting news. That is extremely exciting news. Now... That's really all we got in terms of, like, new news, right? Because we've seen the new gameplay trailers. We've seen teaser trailers. We know what this game is about by now. We're extremely excited for it. All we really got out of this trailer was a release date, right? Correct. Um, And I'm excited. Uh, Oh, you should be. They released a blog just saying that they have passed a major milestone into the final stage. Development's on track, and so they wanted to make sure that they had time to polish it. Sounds very Halo-esque. Um, obviously. That, except with an actual decent timeline, but yes. Shots fired. <laughs> but the thing that I got excited for is like, hey, like if you want something to do right now, <sighs> Horizon Zero Dawn gets a new PS5 patch uh, with 60 FPS being the target, and I imagine it won't be too hard on the PS5. So I will get a nice, fun Horizon Zero Dawn experience when I get to it. I'll get to it when I get to it. We'll get there when we get there. Hey, hey, hey. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. <laughs> All right. It's ex- it's always extremely excited to get Horizon Zero Dawn news because it's one of the babies of the PlayStation. I'm really looking forward to the new game. That's all I really had before uh, Zar gets to talk a little bit about Dying Light 2. Yeah, we got a new trailer for Dying Light 2, and it was really, really cool. It uh, showcased more of the uh, free run mechanics and like the parkour aspects. So the run, jump, climb, all that stuff. And um, it was a kind of a setting where the protagonist. um, Oh, God, what is his name? Crane, Kyle Crane uh, is, you know, running through the streets, trying to avoid the infected and other hostile survivors. And just the way the world flows with the free running is incredible and immersive. The graphics look beautiful. The transitions are seamless. And if the gameplay really is as smooth as they showed, we are going to have a pristine gem here, boys. That is so exciting. I I don't want to say this is what I'm the most excited for out of everything on this list, because obviously we got a lot of great news, but I loved the first Dying Light so much. Favorite zombie game to date. 
Oh, yeah. And when Peaches played it, because you and I made Peaches play it, Czar, his one complaint was that it was extremely good, but he feels like the graphics hasn't aged well. And it led me to ask, well, what do we think it would look like if it were modernized? It was right about that time we got the news that Dying Light 2 was a thing. So, yeah, let's be extremely excited about that. That's going to be awesome. Definitely. And again, Zach, how are you feeling? Are you going to try and pick this up? Have we convinced you? Not even a little bit, but it will be great. All right. <laughs> It'll probably go to Game Pass. And I'll, probably will go to Game Pass. I might download it just to annoy my bandwidth provider, but hey, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> next up, or can we go to the next one? Sorry, I'm getting excited. Yeah, no, I didn't. I honestly didn't have much to say. It was more of just a parkour showcase. Yeah, we didn't get much news that we didn't already know about. And that's kind of going to be the thing with the rest of this showcase is like a little piece of news, but not a ton of great new stuff. So if you want to move on, Zach, let's do it. Yeah, definitely. All right. And then Peach's favorite game, which is a meme, is Forza 5. They showed the first eight minutes of Forza 5. It looks like a racing game that's over the top. There may have been no there may have been a volcano. It's cool. You know, if you like Forza and like fast cars. So that's it. Anybody want to talk COD or can I do the same treatment to COD? <laughs> Short anecdote. I was talking to a buddy the other day who is really excited and really into Forza. He bought a steering wheel like, you know, you've seen those. You buy them for the desk, the steering wheel and the pedals. He's extremely excited for Forza 5. So we shouldn't knock it out for everybody. Right. No, it, you. I just feel like, you know, if you like Forza or not by now. That's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> you're, no, you're, you're right. You're right. That's a good. Yep. Yeah. Let's uh, let's go into COD. Uh, yo, COD got a new campaign. Um, cool. It's been leaked already. Next one. <laughs> oh, sorry. I guess it's COD Vanguard. I won't. I won't shaft it too hard. I don't like COD. JP, do you want to say anything about COD? <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. I'm gonna give credit where credit's due. Call of Duty has been really trying to pick up its game. Pun, no pun intended, in like trying to make a more interesting story because they're like, okay, we've covered every war, sometimes more than once. We've made up wars. We did a war that wasn't even technically a war. And so let's just try something new. So I don't know exactly what they're going for here. It almost more seems like Vanguard has like horror game vibes. So you know what? I'm going to say it. I'm somewhat interested. But other than that, you're right. I think they should do a COD American Revolution. It's like the only war they haven't covered. Uh, COD, the war on drugs. <laughs> it's like... COD, DARE program. Yeah, going to schools with the DARE program. Fun fact, I think DARE makes kids want to do drugs. Oh, I don't think is... that's a fact. No, it's it's, just... it, it has been statistically shown that the DARE program did not work. It caused people to do drugs. Thanks, DARE. Because well, you don't just hand around a little piece of marijuana in a classroom and not expect it to go missing. Yeah, right? Like, oh, can I get that back, please? Does does anyone have the marijuana, right. okay? Can we just pass that back to the front, okay? Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Um, Czar, how do you feel about Lego Star Wars? Um, this honestly flew under the radar for me. I had no idea that there was a new Lego Star Wars game or even that people were hyping a new Lego game. I just feel like Lego games just get released and people buy them. <laughs> yeah. But this is actually kind of cool. Could potentially be the very last Lego Star Wars game we see unless they do like the Mandalorian and such. But this is entitled the Skywalker Saga. How original. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's I think it's going to primarily focus on like the last three movies, seven, eight and nine but I think it might also potentially include every game, like every mainstream Star Wars Lego game in it, too, which is cool. You're going to get like a thousand Lego characters, but I don't know. I think Lego got a little gimmicky after the block started having voices. I think it needed to be more simple, but that's just my opinion. It's coming out spring of 2022, so that should give Traveler Tales some time yeah, those are all very fair points. Lego Star Wars is Lego Star Wars. Um, a couple people were surprised by this, but I think ultimately we saw this coming. I'm a Lego fan. I'm a I'm a a moderate Star Wars fan. Star like I teeter with Star Wars. I'm either like a somewhat big fan or like just a moderate fan. Well, I think as but far as Lego games go, 
Star Wars was definitely their best franchise. I think you're right. All right. Uh, Zach, did what did we get for Death Stranding? Um, so I told you guys about this game for like five bucks, maybe ten bucks. Can't remember. Uh, it, yep. So uh, I'm excited for this. Um, and I'm excited for it because I like updates to my games that I got for super cheap. Just gives me some sort of like dopamine to my brain for some reason. Uh, but <laughs> long story short, uh, director's cut just shows off a bunch of new items. It pretty much seems like they gave it a lot of quality of life love. There's a new mission, some features, new items. The thing that really stuck out to me was the AI walking buddy. So like now you're just sitting there watching the walking sim. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is a slight jab and poke, but they also include a jetpack if you're more of a speedster. <laughs> um, I think it looks pretty neat, but it's also, yeah, I feel like you know if you like Death Stranding too. It's kind of a cinematic experience, and that's not a bad thing. And that's coming from somebody who's a big Norman Reedus fan. True. Daryl. Nah. Daryl. Oh, my boy, Daryl. Daryl Dixon. Well,. Yeah, I, I think you're right, Zach. Death Stranding, you know if you like it or not. It's more a game for me than it would be for you. However, with this next fellow that we got, I know that you are a little bit hyped. Talk about Metroid Dread. Get us going. All right, first and foremost, I'm kind of doing a poor job of covering this game on purpose because I'm trying to savor it for myself. Metroid games usually are things that you speed run. They're quick. And it's a horror game, or it has that horror atmosphere, so I'm really trying to make sure the first time I experience it is just on my game, in in person, and just getting my true thoughts on it. Um, So I watched the first 20 seconds of this and was like, nah, (laughs) and closed it. Not because it was bad, (laughs) but because I could tell it was going to tell me new story stuff. Um, And And you just don't want to know. And so, yeah. uh, just pretty much every time we talk about Metroid Dread until October 8th, I'm going to be closing my ears. And it's a game that I will put, I will start and try and finish in a weekend um, because I'm excited for it. Um, so long story short, um, Nintendo basically said, I'm going to make myself a part of Gamescom and drop a new trailer for Metroid Dread on YouTube. And so it was kind of just put in there with it. Um, all I saw was there was an evil Chozo and the Chozo alien gave Samus a little Ridley death grip with its hand and then I was like stop watching so um if you want to watch it it's on YouTube it's got a lot of hits it looks fire I've heard it positive uproar and I've tried to ignore it since so with that being said do you guys have anything to add because I'm gonna go blah 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 and not hear you <laughs> <laughs> not story wise I just really hope because all the cutscenes look outstanding I really hope the gameplay is fun too I think it will be I hope it doesn't feel like it got stale because to me, that was a big problem with a lot of other other Metroid games I've played. I don't think it'll be a problem with Metroid Dread or maybe that's just my hopefulness talking, but I don't know. I don't think it'll be an issue. I'm really excited for this game. I am very bad at Metroid. Yeah, I'm not very good at it either, <laughs> to be honest. Well, see, that's the thing. You watch people play Metroid and it's always the speedrunners that you see. So they do like a bunch of stupid, crazy stuff. You're supposed to take your time and go slow and like check it out. And then like as you get your like you start off really, really weak. It's just that is what it is. Um, yeah, you're right. So but if you don't that's fully commit thing, to it, right? if you don't fully commit to yeah. it. Yeah, you, you feel like you're bad at it. So like it's OK, Zar. You're doing fine, baby. You're doing fine, bud. I died at the beginning Ridley fight in Metroid 3. It'd be like that sometimes. What do you want me to tell you? I didn't even think you could die. You can if you suck. Yeah. Oh, no. Metroid's the precursor to Dark Souls, man. No. (laughs) (laughs) Fucked around and found out for sure. All right. Yeah, you guys want to talk this next game? I don't know anything about Giants Uprising. Do you? Me neither. It's a gorgeous trailer. It looks good. Um... There's a demo now on Steam, so if you like Giants Uprising and we should be more hyped about it and looking into it, tweet us, and we will gladly find out. Um, but the game will enter Steam Early Access on November 2nd, 2021, and a demo is already available. So, yeah, that's what I got for that one. I have to say the description of the game sounds incredibly interesting. You are a giant who has been newly freed from enslavement at the hands of humans, and your goal is to get revenge on those who wronged you. Going with more of a realistic approach to the graphics here, I am very intrigued, to be honest with you. It's exactly what I like. It seems like a narrative-driven game where it might be walking simulator-y at points. 
I, what can I say? That's what I like. I like what I like. I'm excited. And right after that, they took a little brief tangent into talking a little bit more about Xbox Cloud release. Finally, Czar gets to talk about some good Xbox news. Yeah, Xbox Game Pass. Um, all Ultimate subscribers will allow for users to play 100 plus games from the cloud onto their consoles. And Microsoft is also trying to get these games to reach 1080p with 60 FPS. Go Xbox! I gotta say, it's refreshing that an actual gaming company is doing more for the cloud service. Obviously, there's, you know, been places where we tried it, but Microsoft is really seeming like they're trying to be more gung-ho or gung-ho with uh, game streaming. How do you feel about that, Zar? I think it's a step in the right direction. Um, Xbox is really going for accessibility to all gamers, which I think will only help them in the long run because the more people that can access your wicked cool systems the more money you're gonna make precisely precisely all right so i've given you guys quite a bit and i'm gonna be honest with you the reason why is so that i could make sure i get this next one all right <laughs> tell me more jp nickelodeon all-stars what a game what a game. We've been talking about it. One of the coolest rosters of fighters. This game is literally like the reason I think we're living in a simulation, right? So when this game first got announced, we already had an amazing roster of characters from SpongeBob, from Hey Arnold, from just Danny Phantom, a bunch of weird- Powdered Toast Man. Yeah. The fucking wild Thornberries. <laughs> This game is crazy and I can't wait. We have two new characters that were announced in this trailer. April O'Neil from none other than the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And are you ready for this? I don't think you are. Cat dog. Yeah. Cat dog. Cat dog, cat dog. All right, we got we to gotta give credit where credit is due. Peaches called the cat dog character. He did. He did. Peaches knew it. And you know what? In hindsight, it makes perfect sense. And it, it's funny, it makes sense because nothing about this game makes sense, so therefore it makes sense that Cat Dog would be here. Can't wait. I love this game. I love everything it stands for. It's going to be awesome. All right, well, thanks. That's all I wanted. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> so we have the next few games, and we're not trying to like give them a poor rep, but we um, think that they are kind of niche, and so please let us know what you think. But first up, there was Dream Cycle. It is described as a psychedelic adventure where players can slash, shoot, and loot their way over 10,000 very mysterious and crazy worlds. Sounds really neat. And uh, good news is it's by Toby Gard, who's the creator of Tomb Raider's Lara Croft. That'll be neat. I'm really into it. Next up is Waylanders. It's a party-based RPG. The Waylanders is inspired by Celtic, Myth, and Legend, and it will be released on November 16, 2021. The Waylanders was released in Steam Early Access in 2020, and the full game promises around 40 hours of adventure. Pretty neat uh, game we could do over the weekend or something, guys. Just letting you know. When you're in grad school, 40 hours is more than a weekend, but I see what you're saying. Fair enough. Next up is Severed Steel, <laughs> a stylish shooter, wall running, diving, slipping, flipping, using bullet time to traverse a fully destructible environment to take out enemies. Looks really neat. It's coming to PC in September, but will come later to PS5, Xbox Series systems, and Nintendo Switch, hopefully before the end of 2021. Perfect. Next up is Solstice, which was a hack and slash. Uh, it literally looked from what I saw, and I saw a little snippet of it, like Dark Souls, but the, the catch here is it's superhuman plus your ghost sister. Uh, it'll be fun. Uh, next up, I thought this was a really big thing, was the Blasphemous, blasphemous Updates. Blasphemous is an action platformer, and it's getting a story concluding update in the Wounds of Eventide later this year. And then they announced that a full sequel is in development in 2023. Ish. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, next up was a really cute game, Hypercharge Unbox. Just imagine you as a three-year-old. You have your little like green toy soldiers shooting at each other. That's this game. Uh, players become action figures fighting battles in arenas that take place in a normal house sitting setting. Uh, the game will be getting a PvE campaign mode that adds a bit of story to the shooter gameplay. Yeah, kind of sounds like a revive of Toy Soldier. Exactly what I was thinking, yeah. Yeah. 
pretty much. After that is another revival of the 80s is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. It's a classic side-scrolling beat-em-up. Uh, just think Turtles in Time. Wasn't this an indie game? Kind of? Yeah? We talked about it during some indie event, I thought. Maybe not. What, specifically the... Yes, it was part of the indies, but like, it's kind of in that weird line where like, it's a indie developer, but they're getting... Like, Crypt of the Necrodancer got Legend of Zelda. That's kind of the same thing I was going to say. It's like, it's got more weight to it than I think an indie, which isn't to disregard indies, but to say like, it's... It definitely has some big money behind it, I would imagine. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right on. Right on. Gorgeous pixel art, four-player couch co-op, includes April Neal, just think the 80s cartoon. It's got a blend of nostalgia with modern gameplay sensibilities. Now, we do have some- I'm really excited for this. Me too. Me too. We do have some quick takes that we can kind of blast through. Um, Just as a little recap, that was a really great event. You know, for an event where- I didn't really know it was as big as it was and happened like somewhere off in Cologne, Germany. I got to hand it to him. That was a pretty damn good event. We didn't get a lot of brand new news. I think that event was honestly more for just hyping up what we know is to come and giving us some release dates. I loved that event. Hey, I, it was short. It was sweet. We got great stuff. I didn't know that Saints Row was being rebooted before this event took place. So I'm happy. Mm-hmm. What an event. What do you think? You want me to go through some quick takes? Yeah. Sure. All right. In fact, I'm glad that I'm taking the quick takes because the first one is talking about Skate 4. We all know I'm extremely excited for Skate 4. Brings back a lot of nostalgia of the skate days where I was just playing this game with my brothers and my friends. And um, they just got the announcement that it's coming to PC. Don't break your consoles over this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Please send all of your videos of you breaking your electronics to the Game Tea podcast, and yeah, it'll be a good time. Cool. More people get to play Skate. I can't imagine there's a t- like a ton of crossing between PC players and people who want to play Skate, to be honest with you. It's probably going to be mostly for console players, but still, it's exciting. Accessibility is always a great thing. Next up, and this is huge. By the way, alleged GTA 6 voice actor reveals the name of a new GTA character. This is exciting for a bunch of reasons. One, I thought the fact that they were actually like in development of GTA 6 was just a big goof. Right. I, am I the only one? No, I didn't. I, I thought it was never going to happen. I'm still not convinced. I think this is just GTA 5 with a different sticker on top. It, it apparently came from someone who, um, a voiceover artist named Dave Jackson, who just kind of made a little tweet that he is going to play Captain McClane in the new Grand Theft Auto series. Now, I don't know how much Rockstar was trying to keep this, like, under the radar, or if, like, he got, or if he pulled a Tom Holland and just revealed a, bu- a huge project through just a tweet. I, I don't exactly know, to be honest with you, but... The reason why I think this is important is because it is a firm confirmation that GTA 6 is actually a thing and we're not just going to be playing GTA 5 for the rest of our lives. I think that was the biggest issue with his tweet because I didn't know that GTA 6 was confirmed before this. And so if he confirmed it, then that just kind of shot their PR in the foot. Yeah, I think so, too. Or I guess their marketing. Absolutely. All right. Next quick take. Um, Overwatch fans, be aware, McCree is about to be renamed. Do you know the reason behind that? No, I'm trying to figure it out. What's going on here? Um, because McCree was named after, oh, it was like an executive head in Blizzard who had charges against him for, you know, all of these sexual assaults and he, he had a lot to do with it. So they're renaming McCree to not support someone who it's a piece of shit participated yeah. in these horrible events. Yeah, absolutely right. Like in no way should anybody that was a part of this heinous act that we talked about a few episodes ago get any sort of recognition. Zach, do you know the actual person who I'm talking about? I'm looking. Game designer was named Jesse McCree. Yeah, there you go. So it was the full name Jesse McCree then, huh? Interesting. All right, let's talk a little bit more on the quick takes here. 
No More Heroes 3 is going to be the final game of the trilogy. So sorry to you, No More Heroes fans. Now, I'm not terribly familiar with the franchise of No More Heroes, but from what I understand, it's been a little bit on the decline. And even though it's a very popular franchise, I don't know. I always feel like it's better to leave, you know, before you really overstay your welcome. I think somebody said that earlier. So I don't know. Zach, this is more a Nintendo franchise. How do you feel about this? I didn't think they planned on continuing it, but there was a big outcry because it's got like a big niche community, a uh, big niche, so oxymoronic. But yeah, um, More Heroes 3 is a good game. It just has a few things that they're going to have to patch out, improve. Um, but I think it's good. Like you said, end on a high note. Yep, I totally agree. All right. Another hot take. California expands lawsuit against Activision Blizzard. So California has expended its anti-discrimination lawsuit against Activision Blizzard, adding temporary workers to the female full-time employees of whom it is suing on behalf. Guys, more and more just gets added to this whole, you know, Blizzard shit soup that we're in the middle of. Like, obviously, Blizzard, as a company, at the end of the day, is probably still going to be around, but its reputation is never going to be fixed after this. I'm honestly surprised. I thought this was an entirely different article because I can't confirm this right now, but I saw something on the state of California claiming that Blizzard had shredded evidence. So I thought that's what we were talking about. It is correlated. It alleges in part that documents related to investigations and complaints were shredded by human resource personnel. Ah, yes. Oh, my God. Um, And so, yeah, um, the thing is, what I took away from this is I think they're being strategic. The executives can walk away from this probably clean now the evidence is shredded and then the human personnel, people who are doing their job, are going to get in trouble. Um, So I bet their lawyers kind of told them, hey, like, you're going to look less shitty if you shred it now because... They can't know the extent of your full evil, right? which is pretty <laughs> fucked. Those poor, poor shredder operators. Those are the ones that are going to take the fall. All right. One last piece of quick news. And Zar, I'm afraid, even though it's been a high episode for you, this is not great news. Jeff Gardner is leaving the Fallout crew. So he gave us a little bit of a tweet that has said his time with Bethesda Gaming Studios has come to an end. He's worked on amazing projects like Oblivion. Fallout 3, Skyrim. He was the lead for Fallout 4 and the project lead for Fallout 76. That's why he's stepping down. And yeah, (laughs) he rode that train for quite some time. And the second a bad project happens, he's like, I'm out. Whoops. I derailed that pretty hard. No, no, Fallout 76 is fine. It's fine. I've heard it's gotten a lot better. It's launch was really at the core kind of what the issue was. I've heard it's gotten a lot better, but even take Fallout 76 out of that equation. That is an outstanding line of video games to be involved with. Yeah, no, those are some of my all time favorite games and always will be. It's it's really sad to see him leave, but you got to do your own thing. Kind of makes you wonder what he's doing next. I mean, like, obviously it's sad that he's leaving, but also I'm very excited to see where he's going next. I think he's probably about to work on something huge. My guess would be is that uh, Mr. Gardner would follow the uh, Blizzard uh, developers that broke off before everything happened because they wanted to get away from the bad company. And they're making, you know, uh, what was it? Project Lunar or something? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. That's that's what my guess is for Jeff Gardner's uh, future plans is he's going to develop his own studio. Interesting. Interesting stuff. I hope so. I think he's got a lot of potential. I think he's got a lot of talent he can acquire for that studio. And that's it for quick takes. Czar, would you like to give us the game releases and then we'll get the heck out of here? I can sure do that. All right. So, on September 2nd, A Total War Saga, Troy Mythos Expansion for the PC, El Shaddaia? Something like that. Shaddaia, Ascension of Metatron for the PC, Pathfinder, Wrath of the Righteous for the PC, WRC 10 for the PC, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. Then... On September 3rd, we have Big Rumble Boxing, Creed Championships for the PC, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Switch. 
Next, we've got Family Trainer for the Switch. Kitaria Fables for the PlayStation 5, PC, Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Switch. Then on September 7th, we have Bus Simulator 21. Bus Simulator 21, really? Yup, I can't wait. For the PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. Never thought I would see that. Anywho, <laughs> Chernobylite for the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. F-I-S-T, otherwise known as Fist, Forged in Shadow Torch for the PlayStation 4. Sonic Colors Ultimate for the PC, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Switch. Then on September 8th, we have Struggling for the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. And that's not just on September 8th. That seems like an everyday thing. <laughs> the Artful Escape is coming out on September 9th for the PC and Xbox One. On September 10th, we have Kraken Academy for the PC. Life is Strange, True Colors for the PC, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and Google Stadia. Why won't you die? <laughs> Lost in Random for the PC, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Switch. NBA 2K22 for the PC, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Switch. Tales of Arise for the PC, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, Xbox One. WarioWare Get It Together for the Switch is our final game coming out on September 10th. It's also what we wanted to hype up for a minute here. Okay, WarioWare games. Let's talk for a second. They're weird. They're very, very weird, but that is the entire point of the game. It's a little mini game collection. WarioWares are usually a lot of fun. I'm happy Switch got its own version. I'm picking this up. I hope you take a look at the trailer and give it a try yourself. I'm going to pick it up as well. I, I agree with your sentiments there, JP. Zach? Waha, Wario made a game. You're going to buy the game. It's going to be best game ever. you going to play his micro games. <laughs> Go buy the trailer was good. I love that trailer. It was. The trailer was good. Oh. It's a good looking game. And apparently Wario took over the UK's Nintendo Twitter account too. And will ha! keep possession of it until his game is released. So go check out their account. <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for this episode of the Game Tea Podcast. This Saturday, we will be doing an iteration of All Stars Rank. It's going to be a lot of fun, so make sure you join us on that episode. And in the meantime, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Game Tea Podcast. We'll see you in the next episode. You just got your Game Tea. Bye. Later. Later. Yeah, later. If you like what you heard today and you're looking for more ways to get your Game Tea fixed, check us out on Patreon. With bronze, silver, and gold tiers starting at $2 a month, there are several incredible rewards you can receive for supporting the show, such as a follow from us on Twitter, access to a monthly Q&A session, an invitation to our private Discord server, and even bonus episodes of the podcast only accessible to patrons. Your donations will be used to make the show even better. The link to Patreon is in the description with our social media, so go check it out. Once again, thank you so much for listening to the Game Tea Podcast.